Tuning in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Hey. <laughs> Hi, happy Friday. All right. Happy, yeah, and it's uh, it's... National uh, National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day. So yeah. I just thought I had to, had to dress up a little bit. I know. I left mine at home, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Like you so don't have the that's okay. you don't have your wardrobe here. Yeah. So next week. Yeah. Next week I'll just wear it and honoring today. As there we go. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, perfect. All right. Well, so we're gonna jump, we're gonna jump right in, I think, mm-hmm. with like a pretty a pretty deep heavy, heavy conversation. And for a Friday. <laughs> yeah, for a Friday. Yeah, holidays. Everybody's thinking about Christmas shopping and mm-hmm. holiday parties and everything else. And, and we're gonna talk about uh, failing business. Uh, how's that? Yeah. So we'll and talk then, about and then some more stuff around failing businesses mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. issues and yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? It's like so, so this this one, this is a really sad story, frankly. And uh, especially because the article that I read about this company, it, it's, it's, it's called Seaglow Mini Golf, and they're from Lumberton, North Carolina. And they wrote this, uh, they didn't write this article, an article was done on them. Mm-hmm. And it was about how their business is hurting. And now they're really like, it's, it was almost like I read it as like a plea to their community to actually come and like come into their facility and help because like, I guess everything is just dropped off. So to give you a little background, um, you know, when they first started the, the, uh, you know, owner, you know, this is part of the interview. And so I'll, I'll read some of this cause I want to make sure I get yeah. her quotes right as well. Uh, we were pretty busy. We had schools coming, we had churches coming. Uh, they had the girl scouts of Robeson County who came mm-hmm. and then they had two to three parties every Saturday. Some Sundays they had parties, which like for a typical FEC, that's actually pretty light. You should have a lot more parties than two or three on a Saturday, uh, with some Sundays. But you know they're they're basically a indoor exclusive indoor mini golf course, and they've they've themed it around uh, you know around the sea, around the ocean. Um, they have like a Pirates of Caribbean uh, you know theme as well, and they do have an arcade in the back. It has about twenty games, some pinball. Um, they serve some food at the arcade concession stand, basically mm-hmm. popcorn and nachos. So like not a significant, you know, some snacks we'll call it. Um, but anyway, they. They basically said that this has not been the case. So they they started with some parties. Has not been the case now for the last few months. So it's really significantly declined. Um, they said we haven't had any parties for months, like zero parties uh, they have had. And she basically said, "This is my baby. My husband and I put a ton of our money into it, and they try to do tons of stuff for their community uh, because you know is that they can. And they're not trying to get rich off of this. They said they're just trying to have something." for some people to go in the community. And they said there's really only two other places in their community where there's things to do. One is a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. So it's just bowling center, which is not like a, it's like an old time, you know, classic bowling center. Uh, and then their town and country for theater, which means it's four screen theater. So that just also gives you a sense for the size of their community. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of research like, okay, if they only have a four screen theater and an old school bowling center, yeah. these guys have to be in, in the rural part of the U S mm-hmm. and sure enough, this place is only 19,000 people in their entire community. And they're seeing a 1% decline year over year. And they have that trend has ex- happened for the last the 10 years, right? The population mm-hmm. decline. So they built this out, invested tons of money in a declining population of only 19,000 of which some people, only some portion are even going to come once and so when you see this, it's like you begin to hear hear this, like you immediately identify the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, of course. Like it has all the telltale signs of something that was never going to succeed from the first place. And they opened just February 19th of this year. 
So they're not even a year old and they've already seen all of their traffic evaporate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, there was no traffic in the first place. Yeah, very little, right? I I mean, I mean, this is, this is just simple. Well, I mean, not simple. I mean, the, the thing is, is like people get so passionate about an idea, they forget to actually look at does this idea make sense long term? And how is this idea going to continue to work long term? Like in a population of 19,000, that's not all people that are going to attend your facility anyway, right? right? right. You know, and especially in a small town, if you're losing people 1% a year, it's obviously the younger people that are leaving the town because there's nothing there for them anymore. Mm -hmm. And so those are the ones that are going to participate in your activities clearly, right? So maybe, mm, I don't know, 25% 25% of the people in that town might be viable options for you. So what are, I mean, what are the numbers? 5,000 people are potential customers for you, which right. probably actually all came in supported of the facility mm-hmm. in the first few months that it was open. But, uh, you know, regrettably with a mini golf, with arcade and stuff, the repeatability there, it just, it just isn't there. You're yeah. going to play a game once you played that theme, you played that idea and you're it, the, the incentives to come back and play it again just isn't there. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, you I'll pull up a few pictures here. I mean, they did a good job with the theming and the experience. Now it's, it's a little bit dark, frankly, like they went a little bit too far down the glow golf uh, concept, but like, it's like a lot of theming work. Wow. And this is actually the owner here who's standing there and um, you know, she's excited, but like, like really well done. Like they didn't, they even said in the article, like they didn't want to just do the basic ramp that goes up into a little spiral and that kind of stuff. Like they really wanted to provide a great experience for their community. And that's, what's so hard to see. This is like, they did such a great job, but this needs to be in a different community as one of many attractions Mm -hmm. as well. Even if this were a slightly larger community, unless it's like million or something where you can draw a lot of people, there's not enough. You have to continue to get new people in. This a single attraction with just frankly shitty food and beverage options, right? Is not going to get people in there coming on a regular basis totally. or even wanting to have their parties there. Yeah, totally. But then even the theme piece, like I would argue that in a small community like that, you might, if you could build something that was simple, maybe even mm-hmm. portable, but was more realistic to a golfing experience, you could see some repeat playability. But in something that seemed like this, people are only going to come once. You know, um, I remember that when we were building our mini golf, actually, they said, make sure your holes are really realistic and you want to play them out like real holes, because if you over theme, people just they get bored of the theme and they don't want to keep playing shipwreck theme anymore, even though you can see from those pictures, they actually did a really beautiful job. Yeah, honestly. And it looks like a lot of money was put into this facility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so then this 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 really gets to the like this is the coup de gras. Right. All right. So this the story does get worse, actually. So she even says in the article, like, um, she says she's done about everything she can think of to generate interest in her family's indoor glow in the dark mini golf. And so I really wanted to get some more pictures and like really dig into this thing, understand her a little bit more. So I went to go find her online. There's no fucking website. So no, Miss Edwards, you haven't done everything you possibly can. Like you haven't even done a website. You spent all this money and all this time doing a theme, but like, how can you generate interest to something that leads you to a Facebook page. So all they have is a Facebook page. And again, in a tiny little community, maybe that's what they thought all they they would need. But like, no, you haven't done everything yet. Like Mm -hmm. there's still more to do. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're exasperated, but there's still more to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe she needs to be doing some community outreach, like how close are the other cities or towns or villages around that area, like drawing some people in from there. Yeah. She said that there's some surrounding communities and that they could be a draw, but like there's a, there's a, uh, there's another mini golf course in one of the neighboring communities too. So like, they have other options if somebody wants to go play mini golf. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, like it's, it just comes down to the repeat visit, you know, the re- repeat visitation, repeat playability, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't have it. And yeah. you're in too small of a community to open something that doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so what's it's, it's honestly advice at this point. And I know we're not all about giving advice, but I mean, I think I've, I've suffered from this working really, really hard to make something work that I wanted to work so badly. I ended up being in a worse state because of mm. it. Sometimes you just need to cut your losses. Like I almost feel like it's time for them to say, okay, let's pack this all up and either find a, a building and a community that's bigger. Maybe there's a bigger one close by that they could actually insert mm-hmm. this into and drive a lot more traffic to, or just sell your pieces off quickly before you get into debt any further. Like I just yeah. hate seeing people in trouble and just, it's not worth it. Yeah. Not worth yeah. It. No, exactly. They're going to have to pull the plug unfortunately mm-hmm. it's it's, just, it's inevitable and it's really really sad because they're they're clearly trying to do something for their community and they just did the wrong thing right yeah, just yeah. the wrong thing i'm sorry that yeah. sucks that really does suck so i i do hope that they get through it though when they figure out a solution yeah you know? i do too yeah um you know oh gosh that gives me some bad feelings <laughs> But do you know what else is giving me bad feelings? Actually, I was reading through a few articles actually from yesterday and there was that new plant. I don't know if you saw, but there's a Danish amusement center that is really concerned because there's this new bio uh, gas installation um, power plants where they create energy that's going in about 1.7 kilometers away from their facility. And they're really, really worried and because biogas plants, mm. I guess, are very stinky. I don't know. I've never experienced them one, but they, they take like recycled food and different things and they, they burn it all up. And I guess it creates these gases and it makes the whole area smell really badly. Mm. Right. And we know how people react to smell. Right. So the parks director, again, has just, he's expressed concern over potential orders and increased traffic, fearing these issues could deter visitors and threaten the park's existence. Um, They're worried about traffic congestion due to the ultimate 110 transport movements per day while under construction. That's always an issue. Um, And the, and the order issues that'll happen during the operations. Um, So do you know why this bugged me or do you know what this did? It caused a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder, honestly, because I don't know that everybody knows my story, but honestly, um, when we had built our facility back in 2006, a year later, um, our local government came in and said, hey, guess what? We're putting up an 800 megawatt power plant right beside your facility. And there was nothing that we could do about it. And this power plant was massive. So it had two mass turbine engines in it and it had a massive cooling tower. Now, if you can imagine this cooling tower used bleach and different chemicals in it. And so when it was trying to recycle the water that cooled these um, these turbines, it would give off this kind of a curry smell and you could see the smoke and the fog blowing up in the air, right? It would blow over to our facility. So we were, I mean, and that was that, that's what we discovered afterwards, right? We didn't even know all these things. Um, but we tried to fight uh, them putting this power plant in beside our facility for two years. We had no governing body to help us with that fight. We hired some lawyers and there was some tribunal or I don't even know what it was called, a council that kind of went through and looked at both sides of the argument. And they actually, they told us that we were out of luck, essentially. Um, the electric company did try to mitigate some of the damage by putting up fences, doing a few things here and there, but it was nothing compared to the damage it actually caused. So when when once construction started, it was so terrible. There were so many vehicles coming in and out. They would reroute traffic. They wouldn't tell us ahead mm. of time that it was actually happening. Um, and so our guests got confused and they didn't know where to go. It was really terrible. Um, it dis- Once the two turbines were actually there, it displaced the water table. So the roadways would get covered with water because the pressure of these things was so high. It just rose the water table mm. all the way around us. So we had freezing issues. And in Alberta, we have this thing called um, like thawing issues where uh, the a frost heave where the water freezes and it heaves everything. So our building would move, our structures outside would move because of it. It was so terrible. Then it also, it was so big, it cast a shadow over our facility. So it blocked out the sun. And so it wouldn't warm up as quickly during the day. Oh, it was, it was absolutely terrible. But the worst part actually was that down one side of our facility, they actually had to um, double up 
the power lines. So we already had one stream of power lines going past. They had to double them up with these bigger conduits and these bigger units at the time. And so you're outside on the mini golf, you're playing mini golf out there and you can hear the crackling of the lines. And, yeah. and, and so here, here's the crazy thing though. At first, we, I mean, we were freaked out about it. I'm like, man, no one's going to come here. No one's ever going to come here with this plant. But they mm-hmm. still came at the beginning. But what happened is they came and their experience was poor yeah. and they didn't like it. Yeah. And it overshadowed everything that we stopped seeing them come. So it was like slowly over time. And something like that is so hard to prove. It is so hard to prove that that caused damage to your facility. So we were never able to do it. And, oh, yeah, it it, it was terrible. It was terrible. So, I mean, I, I feel for these guys and I really yeah. hope. Yeah. I mean, this it says that this plant's going to be 1.2 kilometers away, which is different than our situation. But I mean, with the smell and all that stuff, um, it does it does impact absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I think that so you could take this as a form of you know advice, thinking thinking through things forward. Like you, you never know exactly what's going to come in if you have an empty plot That's of land right. next to you. But if you can find, if you're like doing site selection, which we were out around doing some, you know, looking at some sites for the venue that we're yeah. developing, and um, you know, and one of the things, one of the big questions we were asking is like, okay, what is this land here zoned for? Mm-hmm. Right. And what is it? And it isn't to say that they couldn't, you know, some state can't complain em- eminent domain, change the zoning and put something there. Right. That could always happen. But generally speaking, you try to identify, okay, what's going to come here or what's pre-planned to come here. Right. Who's, who's the mix of the different people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just something that, you know, like try to so do important. as much as possible. Yeah. Right? Location, 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 and really yeah. understanding what that location means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one place that doesn't have to worry about the location, uh, so to shift to some some you know some happy things, happy yeah, is actually this. Uh, so Toys R Us. For those of us in the U.S. know Toys R Us. Uh, it was a place that I loved to go to as a kid, and then they went bankrupt in the U.S. I know they're still around in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but they went bankrupt here in the U.S. And now, but they've now come back. They've reorganized, and they're coming back with a new strategy. And they're really going with the retailtainment strategy, going to shopping malls, smaller footprints, and in this case, in Singapore. They're actually in the what's called the Jewel Changi uh, Airport, and that's their you know one of, one of the airports in Singapore. And they've opened a store there, uh, but more importantly, within the store, I don't know if more importantly, more relevantly to our uh, you know to our industry, is they also partnered with Kiztopia. And Kistopia mm-hmm. is like a Kizania. It's like a basically a multi-location, uh, small uh, small child uh, soft play experience. That's really smart. Yeah. And so what they did is they they basically opened up 4,500 square feet inside of the Toys R Us. So now you've got kids coming in. They're at the airport, right? So they've got time to spare. They're going to come in. They're going to play for a little bit of time. And they've got this, you know, ball pit. They've got a funnel slide, interactive game wall, obstacle course, you know, all sorts of cool things. Like it's all themed around like this little airport oh, theme. Fun. They've got this, this plane that the kids can go around and crawl around and play in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this, this sand pit, which isn't a real sand pit. It's like a, you know, foam it's like it's just like foam this is soft mm-hmm. it's like a soft like it's all soft play mm-hmm. right but they got soft pit and it's ellie's sand pit which is tied to this elephant because you know kids oh, uh, yes, right. uh kistopia has all their different characters and branding and you know here's like the reception desk for the kistopia club and it you know comes in from um you know it comes in from you know basically in the middle of the toys rust and the toys rust has Obviously, they have like whole sections for Barbie and sections for Mattel types things. They have a whole Hot Wheel thing that you can play. And so they're just really expanding in the experiential retail side of the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, this one just recently opened in the in the Jewel Airport. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that the things are starting to expand. People are demanding more for experiences nowadays as well. So it's mm-hmm. good to kind of see them going in that direction and playing around. That'll give us a lot of feedback for different things that we might do. Yeah, do, yeah so. exactly. So exactly. are you saying you were a Toys R Us kid? I, I was a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. 
I was I sang right right along with Jeffrey or whatever. You know, the, the, the giraffe. giraffe. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Gosh, Jeffrey the giraffe. Jeffrey, but with a G. Joffrey. Jeffrey. G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. Yeah. It messes yeah. me up in my head. Yeah, yeah that's English. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. It's weird. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we just got back from lunch um, and mm-hmm. it got me thinking a little bit about how this might be a bit of a missed opportunity in some of our centers, um, having a signature dish or having something mm-hmm. that people come for that they enjoy. Um, they can capture those Instagrammable moments in. And anyway, I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that and or talk to you and get your thoughts on this. So, um, you know, the benefits of having a signature dish, and I read an article as well. So I'm pulling some of this from the article that I read because this is clearly a bit new to me too. But I, I love this. The, the benefits of having a signature dish are number one, it showcases a unique item within your facility, right? And it sets you apart. It's like, hey, oh, that's the place where we went to get, oh, that really cool food mm-hmm. item, right? Something to remember. It tracks new and customers that might be curious about your brand, giving them another opportunity to come and visit you. It creates something newsworthy. So if it's Instagrammable, you know, people might start talking about it. It could go viral, right? If you post something really interesting about it. Um, it also drives repeat business. So customers come back and they might have it as their favorite dish, a little treat that they like to have, or they might want to bring um, some of their friends in to share in that treat. Um, and then also it's a photo op, another photo op, because we need more photo ops in our facilities, right? If they can take a picture of that, post it on Facebook, or, you know, just really talk about how they had this um, amazing experience. Anyway, I just wanted to share some examples and some things that had popped mm. into my head around this. So let me just pull this up. Okay. We talk a lot about Barry, Barry Zellickson from Big Thrills Factory. Okay. So one thing that Barry used to do is offer this huge piece of, you can see this lady here just kind of putting some oil around the crust on the outside, but it was 28 inches to be exact. Now, I know this came with its own set of challenges, as Barry mm-hmm, will tell mm-hmm. you, uh, but boy, um, I think he would also tell you it caused a big ruckus in his facilities and it drove a lot of sales and people were just coming in to get a big pizza pie like this. To take yeah, home, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, he was doing some of this as well before like Instagram, I mean, Instagram was around, but it wasn't like yeah. the same type of selfie culture too. I mean, That's so he was right. doing some of this, like he was probably one of the earlier, you know, people that we saw doing Pioneers. this in a family entertainment yeah. center space. Yeah, totally. Um, then next, uh, Jeremy Hoyam, uh, mm. when he was at Jake's Unlimited, he created these unicorn tacos, right? And these these guys drove tons of attention. They were featured on BuzzFeed, Thrillist, and Food Beast. They even won a Brass Ring Award mm-hmm. for the best food item. And, and they were up against other Disney, like Disney yeah. and Universal food items as well. And they beat them out. Yeah, they did. And I mean, you can just see how, how amazing and fun and tasty these things look, right? I yeah. Mean, did yeah, you, it's, I think it's like a cotton candy shell, basically, within like ice cream or something inside of them, right? right? Or like it's a whipped cream. And but I actually never ate one. Oh, yeah. I've seen them, and but I never eaten I them. I haven't had yeah, one either. Yeah. But yeah, what a, what a great idea. Do you mm-hmm. have a unicorn taco t-shirt, though? I do have a unicorn yeah, taco so t-shirt, I think, yes. I think a lot yeah. of us probably yeah. have unicorn taco t-shirts just kicking around. Um, and then there was um, these guys. Okay, so main event even has one. This is, oh my gosh, this is a peanut butter and jelly hamper. Oh, one of my favorites. Have you had I, I haven't had theirs, oh. but I love a peanut butter and jelly hamburger really oh gosh yeah yeah pb and j burgers are the best i'm so curious to try this i really really am all right and then also um our friend (laughs) oh yeah you right Mm -hmm. okay we've got soda jerk here and they create the most incredible milkshakes um i think you gain 10 pounds just by looking at one of these (laughs) bad boys but they actually become part of the attraction or they really truly are the attraction Mm -hmm. at soda jerk Yep. Um, except for the hidden one. Um, and mm-hmm. if you know, you know. Um, but <laughs> look at this. They even created some special ones for the holidays, which looks so good. So you've got your winter wonderland, your Mrs. Claus, and cookies for Santa. 
Um, that was looks so good. I know. I is just, that cookie? Is that is it one of the right? Is that like a slice of cheesecake sitting on top of that? It, it looks like some cheesecake yeah, or wow. marshmallow or something yeah, like that's that. Incredible. Uh huh. Anyway, um, you know, some tips on finding your own signature dish. Make sure you stay aligned with your target market's preferences. Keep it simple and consistent, and ensure all the ingredients are readily available and easy to use in your facility. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, I. I, like now I really want to go up there and have a soda jerk because it's like he's based here in north side of Phoenix. And yeah, I got I got to go have one of those. Well, we shits, try but, yeah. 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 All right. Well, everybody, this has been great. This has been awesome to have you here I in the know, office I'm and like back. doing this together. I know. So back to back to like two separate screens again yeah. next week, but that's fine. We are all we are on all next week. Mm -hmm. Then next Friday will be our last until the beginning of the year. That's right. So yeah, we have five more before before the new year. So I'm sure we'll have to do something. We'll that. have some fun stuff next week. Going yeah, on, yeah, right? no, yeah. It'll be like Christmas party. It'll be like yeah, going to the Christmas party, doing fun arts and crafts all week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we say that now and then it'll all be really soon. No, it, yeah, it'll be all stuff that just rants. You know, yeah, there's a bunch of rants. All right. Well, everybody, this is a BW and a CB because we're you know we're back. We're like side by side right. here in a little bit different order. So oh, yeah. BW and CB signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. <laughs> Bye guys. Have a great week. Thank you.